0: Hello and welcome to Connected episode 277. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Health IQ, Bombas, and Booz Allen. My name is Stephen Hackett and I am joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello there. You sound more Californian than normal.
1: Uh, Hollywood Mike Hurley calling in. Oh, are you wearing something fancy? No, but I am sitting and like, you can't see it, but like, I kind of, you know, like, I'm sitting in a way in this chair where the back of the chair is to the right of me, and I'm kind of like leaning on it. So I have I have adopted mm. a new Hollywood pose, which is mm, not ergonomically uh-huh. friendly, but does make me look cool.
0: <laughs> Your back is gonna hurt after that.
1: My back's gonna hurt, but I'm
2: gonna be cooler. <laughs> You're gonna look of it, so, so
0: good. <laughs> so, exactly. So really, you know who yeah. wins? And we're also joined by Federico Vitiçi.
2: Hello, hi, uh, Mike. Are they making a biopic about you yet? At this point, uh, at this point.
1: I cannot confirm or deny the conversations nah. that I'm in. look we're in a contract negotiation stage right now, so you know I, I can't see. talk about it
2: I see okay. but
1: we're talking to Michael Fassbender though um oh, ooh, bad choice <laughs> because we're you know we're going for like an invisible man type situation
2: uh, I see the everyday mm. british man the everyday, <laughs> the everyday, <laughs> the unforgettable
1: <laughs> or the forgettable I should say everyday face of Michael Fassbender is gonna the
2: forgettable me. face of Britain uh, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Even though
1: he is
0: Irish, but you know, you do, you do, you. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to start with some follow up, some very important follow up. Last week, we asked listeners to pitch in ideas on how we sure should award the the Ricky. So we have the annual chairman, where you won the annual predictions, and we have the uh, keynote chairman. So that that passes from event to event. Currently, Federico like is baton. the annual chairman. I am the keynote chairman, and we didn't want to mail trophies around, so we're <laughs> coming up with ways to do this. So we had um, we had several uh, several things sent in. Uh, Chuck suggested that we do make trophies, but we make three of each one, so six trophies in total. And you can only display the one that you currently have been awarded; and the other one has to be put in a drawer.
2: This is too complicated. It's more complicated than our rules. No,
1: I really like it. <laughs> I think it's very good. Because I could just tweet selfies all the time with my two trophies that I will be have by the end of the year. Well, you will have them, but will you be No, like have winning them. Because like, by the okay. end of the year, I'm going to be the champion of both. That's wow. what I've decided. Yeah, Ooh, We'll talk a- about it later on, but it's looking very good for me right now.
2: The year of trophies. <laughs> the year of trophies. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Hashtag year of trophies.
0: <laughs> So I, I like this idea, but let's go through the rest of them and we'll see what else is here. So Max and many other people suggested this. Uh, I'm going to give Max credit because they were first. Uh, they said that we could make Twitter accounts, one for the annual chairman and one for the keynote chairman, and then basically the winner could do with what they wanted with those Twitter accounts. I equally really like this one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is also very good. It is, it is very good because we had suggested like putting a trophy or something in your Twitter bio, but having keys to an account that then changes over time, mm-hmm. also fun. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Michael, not you, Michael, another Michael suggested that the annual retirement receive a, receive a partial Bitcoin because it's digital and, and can't be reproduced and it's ridiculous, uh, but we're not going to do that
1: sorry michael yeah i looked mm. into how much a bitcoin like if we wanted to have one bitcoin it's eight thousand seven hundred dollars now so wow. like i like the idea of there being like a a digital thing that can actually be passed around and bitcoin is a good representation of that yeah but i don't want I, to i don't i either want a full bitcoin or no bitcoin i don't want like an eighth of a bitcoin like so no.
2: what i'm hearing here is that the blockchain is the solution to our uh, uh, annual. It's it's Chad. It's really Ricky's are
1: pivoting to blockchain. Everyone, we're going to make ten million is, dollars now.
2: I hear it's what the cool kids are doing. Yeah, you know That's the right. blockchain. Whatever. Blockchain. We, we can do Ricky
1: Coin. We can make our own coin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> or just like Rick Coin. There you go. Rick Coin. Rick Coin. <laughs> it, it can only be
0: mined on iPads. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> metal's uh, pretty
1: good, I bet for mining. You know. That's yeah. Great. So,
0: out of these, I think I vote for the rotating Twitter accounts. Yeah, I
1: do too. Uh, Okay. Has anybody claimed the Twitter accounts?
0: Uh, I don't know. Why don't, in the next follow-up item, I'll talk about Amazon Prime Video and you go register these real quick. Oh, I hate that you've given me that job because, like,
1: that's the worst job. But okay, I'll try. And just
0: put the password somewhere and then we'll get them assigned out. So, okay. So, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Bye, Mike. So, I spoke last week about Amazon Prime Video and this weird issue I was having where I would be playing something on my iPad and open Safari on my iPhone and the video would stop. So I talked about this and I got tons of feedback from people saying, this happens to me too, but they hadn't worked out what was going on. A couple people said, oh, my kids have complained of this. You know, if they're watching something and I'm on my iPhone, you know, looking at something. And uh, so it is. it does seem to be an issue. Uh, it does seem to be handoff. Uh, Marco Arment wrote in with some very complicated explanation of how handoff is broken i don't really pretend to understand it but it seems like handoff is is pretty uh pretty janky which is a real bummer so the uh i think the answer is uh just to turn off handoff and federica i wanted to ask you about this because i don't ever really use handoff is that something that you're you know the multi-pad lifestyle is that Mm. is is handoff like useful to you day to day
2: So I use it all the time for Safari just to, like, continue reading a web page on a different device. And I use it on the iPhone, on the iPad, and the Mac Mini. It's very useful. Like, the Safari icon just shows up in the dock um, on my Mac, for example, if I have a web page open on my iPhone. So that's really useful. I mean, you could use AirDrop. Uh, to send the same web page mm-hmm. to the to another device, but handoff is fine. I do not. I don't think I've ever used it for anything else. I think one time, maybe I did the thing that is like perfect for like the ideal Apple commercial. I continued writing an email on a different device, mm, and it wow. did work as advertised. It did work, um, but I've only done it once. I don't even remember the circumstance, honestly. Um, But that's about it. Um, Basically, just Safari, really. And there's no handoff for music or media, which is something that I know that a lot of people complain about every year. There's no handoff support for like listening to a song on on the Mac and then continuing on on the iPhone, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I use it. I know that third-party apps can adopt handoff support, and I've seen some examples of that. I think in the past, maybe on Mac Stories, somebody wrote about uh, handoff with Ulysses, like you can continue writing the same article and pick it up at the same spot on a different device. So it's cool that there's an API for developers. It's an open, relatively open system, but um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I use it all the time for all kinds of apps. Just Safari.
0: Yeah, the, the Safari thing I think is the most common usage that that I do, but I, I tend to use the iCloud tabs more often. It's very rare that I'm like browsing something on my iPhone and I want to move it over to another device, sort of in one session. But I mean, this seems to be a bug either with Handoff or with Amazon Prime Video app. My guess is that's on Amazon, <laughs> uh, but it it does fix it. So if there's something that's driving you crazy, uh, you can turn Handoff on the offending device, and it'll. It'll go away. I already had handoff on my off on my watch because that was never something I needed to do. I never needed to move something
1: like from the watch to the Mac, so I turned that off years ago. But
0: uh, Mike, are you back yet?
1: Uh, t- signing off Twitter accounts is so much more complicated than it used to be. Like that's that's where I am in my life right now. I'm fifty yeah. percent done, so you're gonna have to keep okay. working on this. All right, we'll, we'll
0: come we'll come back to the uh, wireless pop socket charger thing. Uh, Federico, we were talking about the. Twitter app on the iPad having trends always visible and we suggested some solutions for things to pair it with in a mm. split screen and slide over and all that stuff so do you have any uh, any good solutions for the fine people out there?
2: Well to fix the design problems of Twitter for iPad um, I have introduced even more Twitter in my life or should I say Twitter without Turkle. vowels. <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> uh, i'm using the the beta tutor app on my ipad you know the one with the blank like blue icon twitter is running a prototype sort of beta program to test mainly the new conversation view um as well as some other um, iconography throughout the app. But they have this beta. There's a test flight that I signed up months, really. It was, it's now full. It's now full. When you think about it, it was really the last decade because I signed up at some point last year. So it, last decade applies. But really, I keep the Tutor uh, app on the right side of the screen in split view with the compact layout. And I sent you guys a screenshot uh, yesterday, I think. It works really well. Because for to read my mentions, I don't just use the notifications tab. I wrote an article on Mac stories uh, I think, last year. I say I use a saved search on Twitter. I put together this custom syntax um, using the Twitter search operators. And I have this sort of timeline. It's a saved search that shows me both replies, so people who reply to me, as well as um, tweets where I'm mentioned in, but also... Quoted tweets, so people that retweet my tweets with a comment, it's all together in a single saved search. Which the this is how t- mentions work in Tweetbot, for example, but by default they do not uh, in Twitter for iPad. So this is fun. This is fine, also I guess uh, on the main mm, split view on the left. I keep my timeline and I switch between the home view or the latest chronological timeline view. And on the right side, with the Twitter beta app, I see my mentions using a saved search. And it's fine. Again, shouldn't be necessary, uh, really. I should just be able to have a column for mentions, but we've been over this. And I think, overall, this sort of works. I've disabled Mm -hmm. the notifications for the second Twitter app. I've disabled location access and all those other kinds of permissions. So my main client is still the main public version of Twitter. And on the right side, I keep the test flight uh, using a saved search.
1: I would like to have this option available to me, but I do not because I'm not in this. I don't have access to this fancy beta app that Federico does. It does look like a good solution, though, because it's the column you would want, right? Like, that's kind of what we wish they would have done is created that column. But there are some other solutions. So, Charlie, uh, listener Charlie made an app that's just a blank screen um, that color matches to Twitter's light and dark mode options. as a test flight for it. Uh, I've been using this, and it's a very good solution. So, like, I just have it matched, and it just feels like there's just one section of the Twitter app is just blank. So, like, you just put it in split view, and it hides the uh, trends and then i don't have to see them anymore this works very well i don't know if this app would ever get approved i think it needs more functionality to actually be an app that gets approved Mm -hmm. but there is a public test flight uh that you can that you can join
2: It was approved for test flight (laughs) you know the first time you submit a new test flight beta app there's an approval process so at least it got through it got through that it got through that, so you can install it from TestFlight. It's called Backfill, I believe, and it literally just fills the screen with color and nothing yeah. else. I yeah. wonder if there's like an opportunity to come up with some ideas for like what kind of content could be in there. I don't know. Maybe the weather or, I don't know, your calendar events or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it could be customizable, like a dashboard that you keep mm-hmm. on one side of the screen and you can choose you can choose to keep it blank or fill it with data I don't know
0: I think you've, you've made a very simple app very complicated
1: well it needs more if he, if he wants to make it a thing right but so this is what it could have I just said like a way to like just drag tweets to save for later like just put it there I saw somebody tweet and say like just make it a pencil support just take notes and if you are very good tweets right I don't know there's hopefully something in there because this is actually very useful for me because this, the idea is here I never open this app in any other way, so it always stays paired with Twitter. And there were some other recommendations of apps that already exist that you could do this. So Sarah recommended using a third-party browser instead of Safari. So you could okay. use Chrome or everybody's favorite iCab. Uh, iCab. iCab. Everyone loves iCab. So powerful. Uh, Firefox is, is an really example. Powerful. And then Jeff mm-hmm. made another good suggestion of making a kind of like, you know, like the sweet solution home screen app from a web page and using no. that. And I tried doing it with the Twitter web page, mm-hmm. but it's terrible. <laughs> it's not a good thing because you have like multiple u- like navigation UIs next to each other. Uh, that's mm. not a good idea. But you could, I don't know, put anything you want there. Maybe a picture of a puppy or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Or you could make a, a backfill app type page and, and make the yes. filler. I'll tell you what, I'm going to yep. do that. I'll have that in the, in the show notes. I'm going to make a page on, on 512 that's just a blank. Uh, but what color are you going to
1: do? Just, just black. Okay, so you're okay. Good. I mean, because like, the, what I like about what Charlie did is he has like three options, so you can choose depending on the color that you have Twitter set to. But if you want to make a black one, then that will also work for me because I have Twitter in lights out mode, all black, because that's how I am. Yeah. But this is terrible that we even have to do all of this.
0: Like, it is true. Twitter,
1: just get your stuff together, please. Uh, you wanted to talk about the wireless pop socket charger? I do. Uh, it's not arrived yet. Oh. i mean also even if it has i'm not in the united kingdom so like i couldn't help you but it's on the way uh i'm hoping to have it but i didn't hear from listener brent who sent me some pictures and it totally works for them like the pop socket goes in the charger it charges is this i will put the images in the show notes because there's a hilarious one where they've put their uh, airpods pro in and it's like just falling into the hole which is just hilarious for me i think that this is very fun uh, and stupid and brilliant and I went on PopSocket's website. They are completely sold out of this, like, and so that that's where they are. So, oh, I did it by the way. Wait, what? The Twitter accounts. Oh, good. They're done. Okay. So we have at keynote chairman and at annual chairman. That's good. Will you? We we'll, have those
0: accounts. Yeah. Link those in the show notes, and then we mm-hmm. can uh, start putting content there.
1: Right, Well, not me, but not yeah, not account. you. Yeah, not me. So you, you you guys better do a good job.
2: Are they verified? Are they verified yet? We should verify that.
1: Not yet, but I can work... They also don't have any images, but I guess that's up to you two to decide what goes on those, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the thing is you get to totally brand
1: it however you want. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to see how at Keynote Chairman and how at Annual Chairman come together. Very excited that both of those were available. Um, also, the... Stephen, the passwords are in one password, so like you can okay. just do what you need to do with those.
0: All right, that's very exciting. Uh, a little bit of it's not really—I f- don't know what this is. It's not a tiny topic, but anyways. So a while back, there had been a uh, a link to Google Drive <laughs> going around uh, where uh, a, a guy named Sam Gold had put together this like really well organized Apple archive collection of ads and press imagery and. Anyways, it I think it got taken down, or Google Drive got mad because a bunch of people downloaded stuff. Anyways, it's back at applearchive.org. It's really well organized. You can look by year, you can search, it's all tagged. Uh, Sam did what must be an insane amount of work to get this done. I'm very impressed. And if you are into Looking at at old Apple videos, I mean, there's some really horrific things in here from the 70s and 80s.
1: Oh, my God. So if you go, it's like all broken down by decades and then year. The first entry is 1977, the Apple II ad, which looks like it wasn't made by Apple, but some computer company but probably blessed by them. It is an absolute horror show. Like, it is a horrific audio and visual experience, which I thoroughly recommend everybody go and watch because it is... It's terrible. It's so like, scary in it like in a way that's not meant to be scary. So mm-hmm. you should go watch that one. Yeah.
0: Uh I have also created a a page, just a, a completely black page. If you go to 512pixels.net slash filler, it is uh it's just black.
2: Wow, that's because you know CSS and we don't.
0: It's actually do not even things. CSS. It's just <laughs> it's just uh like one line of HTML. You need to come up
1: with some good branding for that, you know?
0: Well, I but feel like simple is better. So, anyways. What if,
1: if you called it filler, but with no vowels? I want it to be easy what to if find. You, what if
2: you call it filler with, with a ph instead of mm, a
1: Oh, that's good. No, I want it to be easy to find. So. No, mm. like it can be easy to find, but we can just refer to it as, you know. But anyway. I'm putting PG, it on my yeah. iPad home
0: screen as filler with a ph. That's good. Yeah. And I'm going to put that with. Uh, twitter let's
1: see how does it work for you
0: i'm trying to work out how to do this oh no it opens in a safari
1: of course it does i don't want safari well you need to open safari and then save it to the home screen
0: yeah i did that but it doesn't it doesn't then it doesn't show up as a um as an like it just basically when you add it to your home page oh because you have to do
1: work on that like you have to you have to make it you have to actually do something
0: i have to like make it a web app or uh, something yeah yeah I all think right so. that'll be a work in progress i guess
1: <laughs> use the test flight instead Yeah, you, you go my version is bad uh-huh. it's not a surprise that the thing that you did whilst we were recording I'll maybe isn't fully featured Make web app for ipad are you putting this in
0: your todoist uh no i was googling how to do it oh okay
1: again we can come back to that though like it's perfectly fine you have a job to do right now let's take a break
0: Oh, I do have a job. My job is to tell you about our first sponsor, and that is Health IQ. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Health IQ. At some point in the last couple of years, you've probably created or maintained a healthy habit, like getting enough sleep, working out on a regular basis, or just trying to eat better foods. If you live a healthy lifestyle, you could be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates and save up to 41%. Just take the Health IQ quiz, and they'll walk you through the entire process of applying. The policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners, and there'll be a real person at the other end of the phone who you can talk to. The savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else. But you do have to qualify to get that special rate. It's the beginning of the year. This is an important time to talk and think about these sorts of things, whether it's going to the gym on a more regular basis or watching what you eat or just, you know, one of my goals this year is every day, uh, even if it's just like a walk around the block, just get out of the office and and be active on days that I don't go to the gym. And so far that's going uh, pretty well, and uh, it's, uh, it's just a good thing to be mindful of. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash connected to take the Proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that's healthiq.com connected to let them know that we sent you and to start the process with the Health IQ quiz. There's no commitment, and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. One more time, that's healthiq.com connected. Our thanks to Health IQ for the support of the show and all of Relay FM. Tiny topic number one: the rack-mounted Mac Pro is now for sale. Remember, they showed this—they showed this off very quickly at WWDC, and we didn't know much about it. Uh, it's available now, so this is a Mac Pro that it doesn't have feet or anything. It, it's built into a chassis. You can get rails for it and put it in a server rack. So, if you're somebody like... Well, if you're like our friends at at, at Mac Stadium, for instance, I, I know they're very excited. But if you work in an environment where you need a Mac Pro and you have rack space and you don't want it near you, uh, this is available now. So, I in the past, there've been like really weird third party things, but like like Power Macs and all sorts of things. In it. In fact, at my Apple store, there we had a Power Mac G four like stuff sideways in our rack to handle some stuff it was very
1: very bad did you say you say you have to where do the rails like where do you get the rails from do apple sell them it comes
0: when you buy them it comes with the rails from apple
1: oh so like they send you like a kind of like a kit kit. that you can install that on Mm -hmm. that's cool
0: yeah. I mean, and, that's, uh,
1: I guess, part of what you're paying for for the extra $500, right? Right. Yeah. This is part is, of that stuff.
0: This starts at sixty four ninety nine. If you look at the Pictures on Apple's website, I mean, it looks just like the inside of my Mac Pro. It's just laying on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back of the machine has different holes. So on the regular one, it has the weird oh. uh, carved out eyeball sockets on the front and back. But... On the back of the rack mounted one, it looks like the old cheese grater, like that's the circle hole punch. I don't know why. I don't know why the
1: exhaust bet, holes are different. I bet that's better airflow. And it's because they know they're going to be in cabinets that are going to get hotter, right? There's like a potential for these yeah, things. Yeah, to, maybe. To run I more. mean,
0: usually data centers have like a hot and cold side, but. That's true. M- mm. I don't know. I mean,. You would think if they were, if that was a better design, like why'd you go through the expense of making the the eye sockets?
1: There's also a possibility that they just wanted to make it a little bit cheaper, and so they decided to not do anything to the back because you're not going to see it.
0: Or it may have made it lighter because like the walls mm. that those uh, the holes are drilled in is like pretty thick aluminum, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. I've asked around, and if, if someone knows like the official answer, I would love to, to hear it on or off the record, but.
1: I think it's super cool that they they maintained the design on the front though, like it still looks like the Mac Pro, right? I think it's actually really cool that they went to this length, where they created a whole different configuration, it is a different chassis, right? And they kept the design still mm-hmm. looking kind of like Mac yeah, Pro. Yeah, it looks like a cool. Mac Pro,
0: right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I really want to see uh, a, a row of these at Mac Stadium all installed. Like, oh yeah, oh god, so somewhere. I'll come visit you. Come let me see them. Let <laughs> uh, me touch them. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I, I <laughs> so I was hoping that when this happened, that the other components of the Mac Pro would go on sale. So right now, you can't buy any other GPU like off the shelf. You can't buy an Afterburner card. Mm-hmm. And Apple had previously promised the Radeon Pro W fifty seven hundred X as like a GPU in between. The base GPU that I have, which is not great, and the Vega 2, which is like $2,400 to upgrade or $2,800 to buy it on its own, this W5700X is supposed to be in the middle somewhere. That's still not for sale, but now Apple Apple is promising an option for two of them in an MPX module, so that's still yet to show up. My guess is they're just... Like every afterburner they make is just going into a Mac Pro that's being sold, and eventually they'll catch up, and these will be on sale mm. for upgrade, uh, but not yet. So if you have a Mac Pro or we're thinking about you know upgrading something, you're you're still kind of waiting. So, but uh, it's exciting, and I think the rack mounted. I mean, I, I sent this around to some like IT system people I know, and they're all excited about this because the Mac Pro mm. is so powerful. If you're going to use it for like a for like research or you know a build server or something like that. You don't necessarily need it under a desk right you can just put it in a rack and, and remote into it and that sort of thing so it seems like a, a really exciting thing and I'm, I'm glad they're
1: doing it i want to talk about 5g oh no well,
2: oh, steven's favorite topic yeah we
1: have a couple of reports about 5g so digitimes is reporting that apple is developing an ipad pro that features millimeter wave 5g this is the 5G that is faster than current LTE, not incredibly fast, not like the super incredible speeds, but it's like more reliable, stronger, faster than than LTE currently is. Uh, and this is what is being, this is what is available now. So remember, we were talking about like what T-Mobile has. This is the millimeter wave. Um. So but uh, so that's going to apparently be in a future uh, iPad. So a uh, quote is millimeter wave. Uh, it's a set of 5G frequencies that promises ultra fast speeds at short distances, which is best for urban areas. Because the super fast, I think it's called like sub six gigahertz. I might be getting mm-hmm. the terms a little bit correct, incorrect, but it's like it's, it's hard to understand this stuff. It reminds me of the super speed USB thing. Uh, but that is like the super fast uh, 5G is where like if you have the antenna up and there's a building in the way, it can disrupt it. But there are like these two different levels of 5G. But anyway, so apparently Digitimes are saying that Apple is developing an iPad Pro that features millimeter wave 5G for release this year. Uh, it is worth noting that the, LT- the LTE first appeared on the iPad before the iPhone. So there is precedent, for example, for maybe sometime in the spring apple to release an ipad pro with 5g before they put it in the iphone which would be interesting to me because not only would that put egg on Steven's face about 5g in general <laughs> i will then win i will then re- win my first pick of the ipad getting a feature before the iphone So wouldn't that be nice? But then, in what is shaping up, I think, currently to be the year of Mike, there is a report from Ming-Chi Kuo saying that the 2020 iPhone line will also feature millimeter wave 5G and the faster sub-6 gigahertz frequencies so that the new iPhones... There will either be a combination of both or like they might split it amongst like the regular and the pro. Or It's a little bit confusing about where everything's exactly going to go. But Ming-Chi Kuo is saying that the 2020 iPhone Live will have 5G radios. Looking pretty good for me this year so far. How yeah. You feel?
0: Feeling good? Mm. I sent you all this the other day, but I, I pointed out to my dad the other day the 5G towers going up around town. Now he's just sending me pictures of them all the time. Your dad,
1: me and your dad are in cahoots. We're, we're punking you on this one.
0: I mean, it's not unheard of that the this would come to the, the iPad first. It happened with LTE. I could see it happening here. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, maybe you'll end up being right. Maybe you'll get the keys to the Twitter account after all.
1: I'm feeling pretty good about the, five, the my, my, my two first picks, the iPad first pick and especially the 5G pick. I'm feeling good about it. Uh, apparently, as well, there's a new MacBook Pro on the way. Our friends at the Eurasian Economic Commission have done it again. This is where, like, Apple has to register devices with some with some uh, governing bodies in different areas in the world. And this one keeps popping up. Like, we keep seeing, like, products way before a release. Popping up on the Eurasian economic Commission like this like database that they have, but it's pretty everything's pretty obscure, but you can get the idea that something's happening so a listing has appeared for a computer that doesn't currently exist it's called model eight two two a 2289 listed as a quote portable personal computer that runs mac os ten fifteen so looks like there's going to be a new laptop I think money would be this being on the smaller MacBook pro right like I can't Mm -hmm. think of anything else that would be a new SKU that like their new model that they have to register because they don't need to do this every time they like update chips or whatever. This is like when there are significant changes to a product, they have to go through this like regulatory approval, right? And so it seems like possibly that could be uh, an update to the
2: smaller MacBook Pro. Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah,
0: it's gotta be coming, right? The longer that that new keyboard is on the 16 and it's not on the others, the worse it looks. Mm -hmm. And it makes it hard to suggest to people that they go buy something like the MacBook Air when we know that there's a fix just sitting right next to it like on the next computer over.
1: Yeah, I'm using my MacBook Pro this week a little bit, right, to do my recording on this stuff. Mm -hmm. And my MacBook Pro is one of the original ones with the butterfly keyboard and I hate this keyboard. <laughs> it's so gross. Like just the feeling of typing on it. I mean, like they made a lot of improvements to it from the original one. This is like, I guess it's it's probably the first or second generation because the first time it was on the regular MacBook, but this is the first MacBook Pro that, that came with it. I, I really don't like it. I would, love, I would love to be able to update this computer at some point. I mean, I said I would prefer a MacBook Air, but I might be tempted by a smaller MacBook Pro, but we'll have to wait and see. Maybe the Eurasian Commission's got my back on this one. We'll find out.
0: Is there anything that would like kick you one way or the other?
1: I mean, the, the reason that I'm thinking about MacBook Air is because like, I just don't need a MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. right? But it depends on like the size and weight. If they don't change the size and weight too much, then I would be tempted. But if they do, which is what I think they'll do, is like create a size and weight difference that differentiates it from the Air to the Pro... I might wait a little bit longer to see it to do anything to the air. Because what I'm looking for with this computer is maximum portability. That's what I'm looking for, uh, as well as being able to handle what I do on it, which is not a lot, but I want a laptop that I can rely on that is also portable because I, I, I use this when I'm on the road, right? Like when I'm recording a show like this one from not my home studio, and I need a computer to be able to do that. It's really important. But a MacBook Pro is probably... No, it's definitely overkill. Like, I only need a MacBook Air. But at the moment, they're so close in spec, like even on weight and thickness, that I would just go with a MacBook Pro because it's better, right? Like, it's just a nicer computer. So so we'll see. I mean, my hope would honestly be that... um, They're not going to do this, but my hope would be that they put the new keyboard in the MacBook Air at the same time as they rev the MacBook Pro, and then I'll just go with the Air. But I really don't want to buy... I do not want to buy a computer today that has the butterfly like, keyboard in it. I don't want to do that. No. Um, because it, not only does it feel like it is going to change eventually, I also just don't want to own one of those because it is a lesser design and this is more of something that like I want to do because I feel like I just want to move to a more modern machine. But I'm not in any particular rush to do it. But I'm particularly waiting for them to make a change plus adina really does need a new laptop the battery on her uh, macbook pro is is not what it used to be um but again waiting to see what they do in the airline uh good news i have updated with the help of
0: the chat room the filler page so now it does not show the safari chrome it's just
1: black that's good my my expectation and not hope in a mean way but hope in a 'Cause it would be funny way is you've now done something like horrific to your main website in doing this, you know? That that feels like a very Stephen thing to have done. Yeah. That like you've now accidentally broken everything. Like because No, it's you know.
0: it's outside of the WordPress install. It'll be fine.
1: Okay. Okay. Well good 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 for everybody, I guess. I so that is
0: the website still load? Good it does still load. Yeah, you see.
1: You Woo! say that, but like you're not one hundred percent confident that you did it. Correctly. I mean, I barely understand how the internet works, so it doesn't.
0: Well, I'm glad that we could uh, help people out. That's the important thing. You know, we are uh, selfless leaders here. Uh, anything else? We're ready for another break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's talk about socks, because this episode of Connected is brought to you by Bombus. Working out is hard. Look, Bombus socks can't change that. Although it'd be kind of awesome if they could, but it does make it more comfortable I've got uh, several pairs of the Bombas, the low-cut socks, and they, like, no sort of joking aside, they are the socks I wear to the gym because they're super comfortable and they stay in place. You know, sometimes with low-cut socks, if they slip, then, like, your heel is rubbing on your shoe. You don't get any of that with the Bombas stuff because the quality and comfort are just top-notch. Yep. So whether you're very into sports like Mike or you're playing or getting into sports like Federico, Bombas can help. Uh, With performance socks and styles, especially made for basketball, tennis, running, golf, and more. Perfect for me, so I can shoot all my hoops. That's right. Shooting the hoops out in the greens. They are made with a lightweight polycontin blend, which means no matter how hard you're working, your feet will stay dry, cool, and comfortable. They provide support in places you didn't even know you needed it, like your arches. And each sock is actually built with a special arch support system that's not too tight constantly pausing your treadmill to adjust twisted a bunch of socks like that's not a good look it's gonna make you want to quit and that's why bombas are designed with the left right contouring and a y stitched heel so they stay perfectly in place they have a little l and a little r on them so you know which foot they go on Uh, i don't know if you've ever noticed that annoying toe seam that most socks have that, that little ridge um Bombas got rid of that ridge. I don't know how they did it. It's, it's sock magic, but they're smooth across the top of your foot. And for every pair you buy, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Visit bombas.com slash connected today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash connected for 20% off. Bombas.com slash connected. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. All right, Federico, you had a great idea for a topic. So uh, what is this uh, iPad Pro dream here in this Google document?
2: So the idea would be that There's new iPad Pro hardware in theory coming out in 2020. And I mean, we've been talking about like the things we would like to see in the iPad Pro. There's 5G, there's, uh, you know, of course, CPU, GPU, maybe a better display. um, Who knows? But I don't want to talk about the hardware itself. I kind of wanted to have a discussion about the accessories that we would like to see with new iPad Pro hardware because. Since the introduction of the original iPad Pro in 2015, that's five years ago, the accessories have basically stayed the same. There's a smart keyboard, there's a smart cover, now called the Smart Folio, and there's the Apple Pencil, now at its second generation. But really, there there haven't been any major changes in terms of the accessories that Apple offers. Third-party developers have tried to come up with their own uh, smart connector accessories, and that really didn't pan out. I think Logitech was the only one that did a keyboard and a stand at some point. Remember yeah. that weird oh, charging the Logitech stand? stand? Yes,
0: yeah. Jason reviewed it, and it was bad. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was bad, and it charged really slowly because the smart connector is used for data, not for power. Um, so I wanted to have a discussion about like this idea that Apple could maybe. Uh, expand the offering around accessories for the iPad Pro and I feel like there's an obvious candidate here something that we keep talking about the idea of of a pro take on the smart keyboard and more and even more pro and even more professional pro keyboard uh, for the iPad Pro we, we've we all used at some point I believe uh, the bridge keyboard mm-hmm, which yep. is the accessory that uh, uses Bluetooth to... I've ordered
1: one of the new ones as well there's a new one inch. coming yeah.
2: uh, we all know the bridge keyboard and it sort of replicates the look of a MacBook uh, you, con- you put your iPad into the little clips and you have sort of like a laptop and there's a new one coming that has a trackpad but like this idea of like how sh- should and maybe could Apple take the smart keyboard which is you know designed to be portable and lightweight and and sort of not a confusing experience you don't need to know anything about Bluetooth you just attach it it connects and you're ready to type what are the things we would like to see if the keyboard is the first accessory we would like Apple to do something more about what are the features we would like to see Mike
1: so if we were talking about the keyboard, right? I want a few things. Uh, I want it to never have to be charged. Just like it attaches with the smart connector somehow. It's powered by the iPad. I never need to charge it. That would be great. Like I like that the bridge keyboard, I, I was very happy when they moved to the USB-C, right? On the keyboard, because then it's the same charger as my iPad. But every now and then I still have to charge it. I would just prefer to never have to charge it. Uh, I'd want the backlighting to be great. The keys to all feel good. Like it, For it to actually feel like a magic keyboard, right? That's what I would want. I would want a trackpad from Apple, which means also improving the cursor support on, on iPad OS. Right. Uh, and I would also want them to rethink the function row and add more keys ah, yes. that are specific to the iPad. Right. Mm. Like, I don't know exactly what they would be. Maybe like a slide over key or like a key to activate split view or something like that. Like give me like rethink kind of what that can do. I don't need on my function row like brightness controls and volume controls. I don't need those on a keyboard because brightness is like super easy to get to from control center and I don't adjust it that much anyway. Uh, I never need volume because there's a physical volume rocker on the iPad anyway. I mean, I would even say that you could get rid of the media keys if you had a better idea for what could go there, right? Like the play pause. Because again, that stuff is so easy to do on iOS anyway. I don't know if I want them on my keyboard. But like rethinking what that could be or forget it. Give me a touch bar. Like, I don't know, but like give me something (laughs) there that is more more like... Hmm focused on ipad os rather than it being a holdover of mac keyboard layouts you know
2: no i do i do like the idea a lot especially because on uh, as you mentioned on the ipad you have control center and so for all those controls you literally just a single swipe away and you also have the physical buttons it's uh, you know these keyboards have been modeled after the mac and really the magic keyboard and the media controls and it makes sense on the mac because it takes a bit longer to change those like to tweak the volume and, and you know, to reach out and tweak the s- display brightness and that kind of stuff. They don't necessarily make sense on an iPad. I mean, I could even go and say, why not? And I know that maybe Apple is sort of a customization averse in a way, but why not make it a programmable keyboard in the sense that maybe you should be able to launch your favorite apps just by clicking a single key. Um, or you could launch one of your favorite spaces if Apple were to continue with the space metaphor in yeah. iPadOS. But like, or maybe you know, run shortcuts would be another potential feature. But like this idea of give me something that is not necessarily just like the MacBook because we like the keyboard as an idea, as an as a typing experience, but it doesn't necessarily reflect you know the same environment of macOS and the and the magic keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I agree with all of that. I don't know. Here's my here's my my problem here. I really like the smart keyboard. I've grown to love the smart keyboard and just how lightweight it is and and portable it is. And I know that adding all these features would maybe go and get go against that and make the smart keyboard more chunky and thick and and heavier. Um, I don't know if it's. Chemically possible to make a smart keyboard that as backlit material that doesn't require more, you know, wires and and electronics under the hood. I don't know if they can make a smart keyboard that is you know made of fabric but also backlit at the same time. I don't th- I don't know if it's possible at at, at this time. It's Still, a, it doesn't
1: seem impossible to me, like because I mean the hue strips are flexible. Mm. You know, like it, I, yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but it. It doesn't feel like it would be impossible to light that somehow with uh-huh. technology that exists today.
2: What I would really like to see though, it's even in the in the standard smart keyboard, not even in the in the, in a potential pro version, more versatility in terms of viewing angles. I would like Apple to sort of copy what Microsoft has been doing with the kickstand approach and just give me more ways to fold the thing and prop up the iPad at a different angle
1: yeah I don't remember what company this was now but there was one that I saw recently where the It was like a smart keyboard, but it had like a row of magnets in it. So you could adjust more easily by just moving it backwards and forwards. I think that was a Microsoft product as well. I don't remember now. But like, so imagine like the smart keyboard, but instead of it locking into that little section, it will fit Mm. anywhere and you can just infinitely adjust it because the entire plane is magnetic where it's it's attaching to. That would be really nice.
2: Yeah, that'd be really nice. I shouldn't have, I also shouldn't have to attach metal kickstands to the, to the outer side mm-hmm. of the smart keyboard if mm-hmm. I want to type in, in software keyboard mode, which is something that I do. Um, so I agree with all of that. I would also mention, I want an update to the Magic Keyboard. It's been a while, and I think it's time for the Magic Keyboard to switch to USB-C instead of Lightning for charging, um, if only because you know computers are switching to USB-C, so it, mm-hmm. you know, keep up with the times. And also make it backlit, because the Magic Keyboard is great. I love it, but... It charges via lightning, which I don't like, and it's not backlit, which it feels like it should be because it's a keyboard with a battery. So I mean, if we're gonna talk
1: about the Magic Keyboard, like find a way to put Touch ID on it as well. Like, well, yes, (laughs) I know that's like a whole different thing that I'm sure is very, very complicated, but that would be kind of amazing. I'm sure you would love that, Stephen. Right? Like, as somebody, because your MacBook Pro has Touch ID, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like, it, I'm sure that you get very frustrated when you sit down at your wonderful Mac Pro and mm-hmm. you can't. You have to type in to authenticate. Because like, I use the Apple. Like when I wear my Apple Watch, right, and I do the Apple Watch unlock, but that for me, it is not consistent in speed. It doesn't always. It's super slow. I find it to be very slow. Like I sit down at the computer and I have to look at the login screen and wait for it to unlock. Like I don't like the time that it takes for the Apple Watch to unlock the computer. Um, and it also doesn't work all the time. And it annoys me that it doesn't work if I have to reboot it. Like, I get why, but, like, I find the Apple Watch Unlock to be unsatisfactory. I would like to be able to authenticate with oh, Face yeah. ID or Touch ID instead.
0: Yeah, that, that and backlit are definitely the, the top things for me. I mean, I want every keyboard to be backlit that I use. And right now, the only one that actually is, uh, that I use on a regular basis, is is the MacBook Pro the uh the only other thing i thought about as far as the ipad goes is i'm i have never found like the folding situation to be extremely pleasant with the ipad pro and the, and the smart keyboard the current one i feel like is is pretty good it's Like it's easier to do one-handed but
1: i don't know and everyone struggles with this you know it's one of those things that makes the bridge much more satisfying right because it's just like a laptop you just close it yeah like, it, it's it just, not an origami
0: yeah. And I just, I kind of wish for that. Now, I don't know if that would make it more or less stable in the lap because that's, that's sort of the other complaint I have is that the current smart keyboard situation, like on your lap, at least on the 11 inch, you know, the 12 nine is wider. Like it's a, it's a little, it feels a little dangerous sometimes to use mm. it on your lap. And uh, I feel like mm. a keyboard that was sturdier somehow could, could maybe help with that. But, but I don't know.
2: It's also very loud when it snaps into place. I mean, oh, if yeah. you want to open the smart keyboard at night and people are sleeping, good luck not waking up the entire building when it attaches. <laughs> like, yeah, like that. It's like one time I wanted to save an idea, like in a note, and it was like 3 a.m. I was like, hey, this is a really good idea. I got to save it somewhere. And so I pick up my iPad from my desk and I fold it open. And then it clicks so loud that Sylvia woke up and was like, w- w- what happened? It's like, you know, sorry, it's just, it was just a keyboard. Um, it's very loud. It shouldn't mm. be that loud. Uh, I like the idea of magnets. Like, let me slide the thing so that it doesn't have to click and, and, and attach to a specific ridge of the keyboard. So mm-hmm. that'd be nice. Apple Pencil. Mike, what do you want from the Pencil?
1: I'm never going to give up on the two things that I want from the Apple Pencil. I want an aluminium one just because I think it will look nice, and you can make me pay more for it. I just would like it, pencil pro. Uh, and I still, I still want a programmable function button. I like the tap thing, but it's not that good. Like I still want buttons. Like I think this thing should have buttons that you can press, and it will do things in software. Like it is a very comfortable thing to do with Wacom tablets and stuff. Like I, I think that this needs. It either needs a button or it needs like a real um, like force trackpad type deal, you know, like where you can like like what we have on the AirPods Pro or whatever, right? You press like the force press because the tapping thing is fine, but it's not very intuitive. I think it need there needs to be some kind of programming area on this. I think I would really like it.
2: I've, uh, I've completely forgotten about the, the tapping thing. I, yeah. uh, buttons are good. Why why don't people like buttons? buttons Even fake great. buttons are okay, right? But yes. Like, they're as long all as that, better than gestures. Yes. yes, they are. And especially when you associate the word programmable with them, they become especially good because it's like it's a physical thing that you can customize the way that you want. And now I don't use the pencil much because I don't, you know i don't take notes that way but i kind of love the idea of the pencil if it had a programmable button as sort of like an additional an additional interface to execute something on my ipad whether it's open again opening one of my favorite apps or switching to a split view or running a shortcut because mm-hmm. why not uh, there's precedent for this for example in accessibility you can pick from a list of shortcuts to execute uh, when you have a trackpad connected to your ipad so let me run a shortcut when i click a button on the apple pencil that'd be nice um but yeah i i don't use it so i don't use it for handwriting and such so aluminium i probably wouldn't wouldn't buy the the, this sounds like a pro pencil pro to me that you're wishing for like a different material a more expensive material and a button Uh, I would buy it just for the button, honestly. Not for I the mean,
1: material. Pencil Pro, like that that feels like something Apple would want to make at some point.
2: Yeah, make it more expensive, make more money. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I do wish the cost of both of these products was less. Because it's like if you buy the the iPad and then you want the smart keyboard on it, it's like you've 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 spent a lot of money, you know, all of a sudden. Yep. So I, I do wish for, for lower entry points. Uh I do like the idea of a different material on the pencil i wish that it was more for me at least i wish it was more comfortable long term like i find the hard uh plastic or whatever it is to be kind of uncomfortable after a while uh, but my primary complaint with the current apple pencil is and one of the two of you mentioned this where you're getting marks on the apple pencil and the ipad where they touch like like debris or something gets on there then it's
1: i have those yeah i, I do too those. now all, all of a all sudden the i don't um, I don't have this.
0: Yeah, my pencil has two black marks across it, and they correspond with two black marks across the iPad. And mm-hmm. I, I, I keep it. I'm not using this thing in a, in a, you know, some sort of mining situation. Like it's pretty clean. I don't know what happened, but that's a little frustrating.
1: Well, if we're talking about Apple Pencil, uh, make a small one, make a big iPhone, put them together. Like, let's just uh, do it. Again, I'd, with this idea. <laughs> i've i've let i'd let this dream go like jason's done two things to me recently there are two dreams that i'd let go one of them was this right that there would somehow be a smaller uh smaller pencil with a bigger iphone because the iphone pro max is getting bigger apparently is what rumors are saying and also the idea of head pods like jason has got me back around to both of these products like that they should exist again so That's kind of where I'm. I'm like it's. It's basically I'm basically doing a 2019 replay at this point, where like I'm coming back around to things that I previously let go. But that is one of them. Like a tiny little pencil, maybe it has to go in a special case or whatever. But then it can be used with the with a larger iPhone. I I would still really like it. I would still really like it.
2: Um, I have a list of of other. This is the other category. Uh, Mike mentioned this a few minutes ago. If Apple were to add trackpad to a Smart Keyboard Pro. Obviously, we wouldn't want none of that uh, assistive touch business which is great for real accessibility purposes but really what we're wishing for and it was a whole section in my iOS and iPadOS review in September is to have proper integration between the external pointing device and the iPadOS UI kit interface at the moment yes you have a cursor but it's not really a cursor in the way that you think of a cursor on the Mac um, there's no it, it should be a na- an actual native feature that supports things like ho- uh, hover over interface elements, for example, or have the interface adapt to whether you're using a finger or an external pointing device. And really the main feature here is the combination of once the iPadOS UI supports external pointing devices, it then becomes natural to think, well, now that I have a real cursor, I should be able to place this cursor on other displays. Therefore, there should also be better integration with external displays that works, again, like on the Mac, but done in a new and different and iPad first sort of way so for example um, you should be able to have multiple split split views going on on different displays one on the iPad the other on an external monitor Uh, Apple now makes one of them again Uh, it's super expensive but still the point being that the current support for external displays with the basic mirroring is not good it's fine for those very few developers that support the feature um, some games do, some other productivity apps do, like MindNode, for example, and Working Copy is another. Uh, there's an existing API for developers to say, output this content on an external display, but it's really done for presentation purposes only. The external display, you cannot interact with it. You cannot uh, move the cursor from the iPad onto the external dis- display. And that should become possible. Um I, you know, I'm very stubborn and I keep thinking that the idea of the iPad Pro being this sort of hybrid device without having to be marketed as such, it just becomes a desktop computer when it's at a desk and you have a trackpad and you have an external monitor, but then you just unplug a single cable and it becomes an iPad again. It's a tablet. I don't think Apple needs to say we're now making a hybrid computer. They just need to improve those couple of features that would make it work better in that type of scenario. I do work on, with my iPad at my desk with my LG Ultra Fine 4K, but it's not ideal because the you get the pillar boxing on the external display. You cannot place the cursor there and it's you cannot have two separate pieces of content going on at the same time. It should become a native functionality. It should be done. It should be done better. Uh, I don't know if it's ever gonna happen though. This is sort of a, it bleeds into this sort of like political discussion at Apple. Should the iPad be capable of working with trackpads and external displays just like a Mac? Um, is that a you know, is that maybe a breach too far? I don't know, but you know, this is wishful thinking. This is what we're doing here, so we're free to wish.
1: I would even just like the ability to be able to plug the iPad into a display and then just turn the iPad off, right? Like (laughs) just lock the screen. You know, the the basics. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. even that would just be like, uh, 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 that would be nice. (laughs) So I don't have to like put the iPad like facing away from me so it doesn't distract me. Uh, (laughs) That would just be a nice thing to do even.
2: An iPad stand... Made by Apple. <laughs> this is something that I also want sometime in the distant future. I'm using the after Mike's recommendation. I'm using the Clear Look with case everywhere. Uh, the Clear Look iPad stand, which is fine. It's got this uh, sort of a hinge made of plastic that grips onto your iPad um, and allows me to use the iPad, you know, in front of me, you know, in front of my line of sight. Which is better for my neck and my posture, and it's better when I work at my desk. Um, once again, this is not a discussion about, oh, you should use a Mac. This is not about that. This is like, we're using our iPads this way. You will not I make- actually
1: had somebody send a tweet to me today, which was a very good point, and like I wanted to make it on the show, too, what we're talking about, is kind of stuff. Because they said, like, previously you'd said that you were using the iPad because it allowed... Like, it was more ergonomic for you. Because you could change uh, like where you're sitting more easily, you could change your input methods. But then the like guy said, like, but recently you've been talking about the fact that you're trying to find more ergonomic scenarios for home, like so you can set up your iPad on a desk. Like, has it changed? And I think what I wanted to say on that is like the point for me is no, I actually still think it's better. Like because this is a uh, someone called Chris who's, who asked me this question, because the iPad gives me the flexibility to do all of these things. So, I can sit on the couch and use the Apple Pencil, and that's great, but then I can also put it on a desk on a stand and use a keyboard and a mouse. like I actually I feel get even more flexibility over the ergonomic situations that I can choose to put myself in than I do with another computer. So it's not that anything's changed, it's that I'm just looking to increase the like flexibility of the scenarios that I have available
2: to me. And finally, I would mention that I would like the Smart Folio, so the basic one, what used to be called the Smart Cover, to have some kind of integrated pencil holder. Yes, mm. I know that Apple wants to do the magnetic attachment type of deal for pairing and charging, which is fine, but really the pencil never stays in place when the iPad is in a bag. Uh, it I always find it somewhere else. And so I just would like, you know just to have a holder in there. Uh, again, third-party manufacturers have come up with alternatives here and it's one of those scenarios where I just want more options, really. I just uh, I, I get the idea of like you just attach it and you never have to think about it again, but really you have to think about it because uh, you place your iPad in a bag and then the pencil is somewhere else and that's not great. So the Smart Folio, which I also have and never use, uh, would be nicer to have a pencil holder. Um, and basically, these are my my sort of the main wishes that I wanted to talk about. I don't know if you guys have anything else to share. No, I
1: think I think that's about it. But like, really, I I just want there to be more stuff because I just yes. think that it, it will be it will be great. Like stuff more stuff is from nice. Apple. Yeah,
2: more stuff is always good options. when you're a computer nerd. More options, more flexibility, and r- pros like to customize stuff when you at the end of the day that's all it comes down to pros mm-hmm. like options and pros like flexibility um so i think whether it's a, key, a keyboard with a trackpad or the function row with the with the customizable keys or the pencil pro with the programmable button we just want one slightly more and a lot more options and uh, it's like it feels
1: good with the the ipad because increasingly you can use it in a bunch of different scenarios so more hardware coming from apple that backs this up would be would be really great i think
0: yeah because if if apple gets in this game more than it it not only shows third parties what you know they could do but it also i think it, it signals to people that apple takes their customers using the ipad in different contexts seriously Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I felt when the with the iPad Pro when they introduced the keyboard and the pencil, like, oh, they're really changing the perception of the iPad by doing this, right? They're saying yes. people want to use it in this way and we're gonna basically compete with the surface and these other things. But like, they've never taken step two of that journey, right? It's only been these things and it's, I mean the iPad Pro came out four and a half years ago. Like it's the the keyboard and pencil is Basically, the same. And as as iPad OS has gotten better, it feels like the keyboard and the pencil just haven't kept up. And so all this hardware talk aside, like I just want to see more software support for this stuff, too. I mean, all the multitasking stuff, like, why can't I do that without picking my hands up off the keyboard? Right? I can do it on a Mac that way. Like, why do I have to do all these like all this back and forth? And mm-hmm. they're making steps, like keyboard shortcuts and those things are all good. But, I feel like it's it's time for them to really dig into what is possible uh, to encourage everybody to, to move in that direction together. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we are going to talk some about uh, CES. I know it, it mm. wrapped up last week, but we had some things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, so we're going to do that after this last break. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Booz Allen. Modernizing for the future is a challenge, especially for large organizations. You may need to integrate legacy systems with new technology. You may need to incorporate AI and analytics to work more efficiently and make fast decisions. And everyone needs new ways of thinking to move to what's next, whether for government or commercial goals. Booz Allen understands they're helping some of the world's largest organizations modernize, and they understand the missions of government and industry and the need to adapt to constant change. They provide open source solutions so clients can integrate innovation from anywhere, whether from visionary startups or major contractors. Plus, they're helping clients power new technologies with analytics. And because security is everyone's priority, they integrate their capabilities with intelligence grade cybersecurity. With Booz Allen, integration means putting you in control of innovation. Integrate, innovate, get it done with Booz Allen. Learn more at BoozAllen.com slash Relay. That's BoozAllen.com slash Relay. We'd like to thank Booz Allen for their support of the show.
1: Gentlemen, allow me to take you on a tour The things that was interesting, I saw that were interesting to me at CES from last week. Not that I was there, but merely following along with my favorite blogs and YouTube channels. The first thing is uh, a selection of new LG monitors. So there's some interesting stuff here, but one of them is a 38 inch ultra wide which has Thunderbolt 3 support. The rest of them are USB C and stuff like that. But I wanted to get your opinions, Stephen, on like. That feels like it could be a very interesting Mac Pro option, right?
0: Yeah, it could. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, it's 38 inches. It's ultra wide. Uh, some people are really into that scene. I haven't done much uh, with that. But the resolution is 3840 by 1600. And so I'm not sure of the the density. Um, doing some, like, quick math. Uh, that's not quite ret- retina resolution. But, um because it's basically 4K, but at, but at 38 inches, so mm. it does like if you want a curved monitor, uh, this seems like a great idea because Thunderbolt 3 is awesome and it is showing up in more and more PCs as well. But um, if you're coming from like a an iMac going to the Mac Pro, I think you'd maybe be a little disappointed in the uh, the density of the screen.
1: Yeah, because like LG have a bunch of other monitors that they showed off, but this is the only one, the new one that has Thunderbolt 3, like the this is the rest of them are all USB-C. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a bunch of there's like some options there but i just thought that it was interesting that they had another like this it's basically like if you don't like the ultra fine or if you want a bit more flexibility sure. in size and and kind of like yeah screen real estate this is another option for you right
0: yeah but i do like that it's thunderbolt because thunderbolt needs to be like widely successful because that's good for mac users and so yeah Think about like the Firewire days. Firewire was on some Sony stuff and on a bunch of cameras, but it, it didn't really take off like in the wider PC market. And Thunderbolt 3, I think because it's it's from Intel, it just comes on the chipsets most of the time. And it's the same port as USB-C, so you kind of get two for one. Like It is showing up more and more, and, and that's only good for those of
1: us with Macs in the house. HP have a new all-in-one that I would like Apple to borrow heavily from when looking at an iMac redesign. Uh, It is a 31.5-inch 4K display. The bezels are super thin. I think it has a really nice... uh, It features the smart home fabric, right, that like every smart home device has, right, laying at the bottom, which is probably where the speaker is. So I like the overall design of it, but the reason I wanted to include it is it has one amazing feature. The base of the screen, like the PC, has a wireless charger in it. So you can charge your phone on it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yes. Right? And then also, like I saw, I don't remember who it was. It might, some like, I think it might have been Logitech. Uh, we're making a mouse that could wirelessly charge. Like, I don't remember what company it was. But like, have, that would be really great, right? Like your wireless charging mouse, a wireless charger in the base of your monitor. And like, you can just pick, and like you could just easily, just like when you walk away for the day, you just drop it on there and you'll have it ready. Or you can put your phone down on there. I think that this is like a very smart, like a very smart way to handle this kind of stuff, like to put wireless charging inside of the base of a computer. It's like such a natural place, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's where you're going to sit your phone when you work, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, no brainer.
1: Yeah. So, like, and then it's also, like, that is that is desk real estate that is otherwise unused, right? Because you can't do anything with the base of the computer, so you're actually making some use to it, which I think is really nice.
0: Uh, the next one is exciting news uh Mike for you, but also maybe for me. Uh LG's twenty twenty OLED lineup is gonna include uh a TV at forty eight inches, which I think would probably solve the size problem you had with your, your bigger TV. Uh by the way, is that still sitting in your in your house?
1: Oh no, we got that, that taken care of. So this is a long story, but basically, like after getting some consumer legal advice, we were able to return it. Okay, good. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. It was like a big thing, and Nadina handled it. But like it, we were able to return it.
0: Yeah, because I've I've kind of been thinking that maybe this is the year we go to to 4K. We have a, an old LG 1080 uh, TV now, but 55 inches in the room that's in it. Mike, you've been in the, my house where the TV is. I feel like I'd have the same problem you would, where 55 would be too big forty eight i think would be kind of yep. the sweet spot so i'm excited to see this uh, come out later this year and uh you know it's it's nice that like not everyone needs a sixty five inch television and uh so i'm glad that they're they're moving downstream a little bit
1: this is i have my eye on this i this is what we will buy like yeah. i i very very excited to see when this 40H goes on the market. Like Sony's doing one as well, uh-huh. um, but I want, I want the LG one. Like that's what I want because I loved the LG 55. I loved the design of it. I, like, I really liked the remote. I liked everything about it. It was just too big. Um, but I think a 48 would fit really well for us because we have like a 42 right now. Um, and I, so I think a 48 would fit would fit really nicely. So like I have really am keeping my eye out for when LG are going to push this product out. But it's good because it's been rumored for ages that they were going to do it. uh, But they've actually shown it off like they are doing it. So uh, if anybody ever sees this thing go on sale, please let me know. Like, you know, there was a lot of TV stuff, obviously, like 8K, 900-inch TVs or whatever. But, like, this this is, like, a realistic thing that I think a lot of people would like. And I'm pleased that companies are starting to go down in the size line. I think that's really great. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 2018, 2019, and 2020 OG TVs are going to get the Apple TV app um, and also some Sony and Vizio TVs as well. So uh, these TVs will have some variation of AirPlay. Uh, and mm. so maybe or maybe not HomeKit, right? Mm. Um, but currently up to this point, Samsung was the only company that had the actual Apple TV app itself um, that installed. So you didn't even need to, you didn't need to use any other device. You could just go and watch, I don't know, like For All Mankind or whatever, just on the, on the TV. Well, it's uh, when, I think this was, hmm, this might've been last September or something like that when Apple was showing this off, they did reference that other companies would get this functionality. So that's happening. Um, and LG seems to be doing a good job of putting it on uh, most of their TVs over the last few years. So if you have one of those it, at some point, you'll get that. Um, I reckon that for a lot of people, honestly, like, the need for an Apple TV is de- decreasing. Oh, yeah. Fast. If you have a modern TV now, like, you get the apple tv app so you get all of that content which includes all of the movies that you've ever bought right like it's not just the original stuff it's all of the stuff you can watch in it. you get access to your entire library you can watch youtube in 4k because the apple tv can't do that like and then you have you have and then all of the apps that you use like netflix and stuff they look just the same on the smart tv apps as they do on the Apple TV. And a lot of these companies, like if you watch Netflix a lot, which I think most of us do, they have like Netflix buttons on the remote controls, yep. right? So like I, I when I get this LG, I wouldn't be surprised if over time I just move away from using the Apple TV because all I use it for is to launch the apps that are already installed on the, the smart TV. They're already all there. But the only one that was missing was Apple's. But when Apple puts it on at all of these tvs it really reduces the requirement for me to use the apple tv box because the remote is not as good right and yeah i just i feel like i'm struggling to understand why i would want to use the apple tv like i don't like the apple tv ui i know some people do but i don't like it even though i'm the TVOS guy i mean it's probably the only reason i would have to keep using an apple tv so i can keep doing my great reviews that everybody looks forward to um but like it just it just becomes less and less of uh, an there's this less and less incentive right to use the Apple TV itself.
2: Yeah, I one of my issues with the built-in, and by the way, I'm sad that my 2017 LG TV is getting none of these upgrades, even though I know that it's you know it's technically capable of handling it. But whatever, what I don't like is that every so often the built-in Netflix app on my smart TV resets the setting uh to turn off motion smooth motion smoothing which is why i keep i keep opening the apple tv app i my problem is that i forgot how to change it back so now motion smoothing is back on in the netflix built-in app on my lg tv and i don't wait just netflix yeah just netflix um and i don't know yeah i don't know why uh, it it's on again somehow. Some want, some listener knows how to fix this. Some right. listeners right. knows, and they're gonna send me uh, yeah. the instructions because I'm too lazy to Google it again and and fiddle around, you know, while Sylvia is waiting to watch it show on Netflix, I don't want to do that it's somewhere in settings, I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, motion sm- and like it's become something that we notice right, right away like Sylvia used to make fun of me for noticing motion smoothing, and now she caught the bug too, now she notices that immediately, she's like nope, change to the Apple TV so, but yeah I basically don't use the Apple TV for anything else but the Netflix app, because I'm lazy and i guess on the big bedroom tv we don't have the native apple tv app so uh we also use it for that but but i could see a scenario where we forego the apple tv box entirely and we just use the built-in apps which are better than everything else really because there's a There's a button in the remote, and if you don't have a button, like, uh, I don't think my remote has a Prime Video button, but there's the Recents button, and if you click it, you open the WebOS UI, which is so much better than the the TV OS UI, and the remote has a pointing cursor, so you just need to hover over the Prime Video channel, and you click, and it's done. It's, uh, again it's a lesson in how to design remotes for actual television watching so
1: oh, I can't yeah. wait to get this TV
2: yeah it's a, it's a sturdy remote you know it's not made of glass so no risk of shattering the glass surface of the remote uh, a dog can throw the remote all across the room let me tell you and it will not break and it's also made of you know it's it comes with replaceable AA batteries which is you know it's not great but whatever Yeah. And it's got a click wheel. It's got a pointing cursor. It's really well done. It's a good remote. And it's also ergonomic. And you can always tell which way is up, which it still gets me every single time. And if you you accidentally uh, just brush the back of your hand against the remote, well, nothing happens. So (laughs) it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The world of plastic remotes. It's a beautiful world.
1: Let me tell you guys about a gaming PC. It's called the Razer Tomahawk. Mm. And I thought it looked really interesting. I'll put the link in the show notes on Austin Evans' video where they show it being put together and then also a Verge article about the thing that lives inside of this. It is being built around something that Intel is calling uh, the NUC compute element. You're familiar with the NUC, right? The the little tiny Intel box, right? Mm -hmm. They're making something now, which is called the NUC compute element, which is... It's basically like it looks like a graphics card, but it has a a tiny motherboard inside, and it has an Intel chip, and it's really small, and you can fit it into these like basically shoebox-sized PC cases. So you have these small boards. You have to, you do have to bring your own graphics card, RAM, and SSD, and and obviously have a case to put it in. Uh, But it's basically giving people the ability to more easily build gaming PCs or PCs in general and put them into much smaller cases. It's like a really clever design. The problem is that the compute element starts at $1,050 for an i5. So it's very expensive considering you also need to bring your own graphics card, RAM and SSD and a case to put it all in. But it does result in very new and weird in a good way, I think, looking PC designs. So you can end up with pretty powerful machines in much, much smaller chassis now of course like all the thermals and stuff like who knows how that's going to work yet but i saw it. i saw a few pcs for it i thought it looked pretty interesting uh it's just like another thing that intel's doing to i don't know try and differentiate themselves in some way the nux seem to have been a bit of a hobbyist success so they're kind of pushing it out a little bit more uh but i don't know if either of you have literally anything to say on that you don't have to it's fine the next thing is maybe more interesting
0: <laughs> it's like no it's like a baby it's like if a Mac Mini and a Mac Pro had a baby, right? It's, it's modular in a, in a weird way. Yes, it is. It's very similar to that. One of the things I would read was like concern around how long Intel was going to support this platform. as It's a one mm-hmm. and done. And They've said they're going to support it for several years to come. So next year you could buy a new compute element with a better processor and slide it in and keep your GPU, RAM, and SSD all the same. So it's yeah. upgradable, but like, the people who want to build a gaming PC will still do that. But if you kind of want to do it, but not all the way, then this is like a nice middle ground. I don't know how big of a market that is, but I love weird form factors for
1: PCs. So I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah. So like the Razer Tomahawk will start at like $2,300 for a complete system, which is expensive for a gaming PC. My, I don't think my gaming PC that I built will cost that much and it would smoke this thing. Mm-hmm. Um but like I will say that like even though I really loved building my gaming PC, I was very apprehensive beforehand. And if something like this existed, I would have seriously looked at it as somebody who's never done it before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um like if if you're maybe maybe somebody who would buy something like uh, Corsair makes something called the Corsair One, which is effectively a gaming PC, but you buy it like it's a games console, like it's already pre built. And this would give people that are in that kind of market more. More options because they would be able to more easily upgrade it when they needed to because it's like seems like a very simple machine to upgrade Um, a oneplus had a a concept phone called the concept one that they were showing off Uh, and the fun feature about this is it uses something called electrochromic glass to hide the cameras so it's like a sunroof and it's actually built on the same technology that they use in a mclaren sports car if you don't know oneplus and mclaren the car company have like a agreement they have some kind of like partnership and every year they create like a super fast version of the oneplus phone which they call the mclaren edition and it always has some design to it this concept had like uh orange leather that's like in the mclaren seats. i think it looks really cool but anyway um this the electrochromic glass is interesting because it hides the cameras so what it does is, imagine, it's like, you know, like, have you ever seen this, like, electric, like, when you've got, like, glass and you can run a current through it and make it clear, right? Like, you could do it to some... Yeah,
2: like on on certain Virgin Atlantic airplanes? Sure. Maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, like that. It's anything, so it's basically using an electric charge to change the opacity of glass. Yeah. So effectively what it's doing is you can have, like, three or four cameras behind the glass and you don't see them until you need them. And one of the things that's good about this is, like, going into the future, like, the the, the rumors for the Samsung S20, which is, that's the name, by the way, it seems, S20 rather than S11, they just go into 2020 S20. There's going to be, like, five cameras in this thing, maybe. And, like, that's going to get uglier and uglier over time. So having glass that can hide the cameras... And if you can find a way to integrate that into the design of the phone, the OnePlus concept phone does because it just looks like it's a flat piece and then it just hides it. I think it's actually really nice. Like it's like a nice design. And it also works as something called an ND filter. I didn't know what this meant and I heard a bunch of YouTubers like talking about, oh it has an it's an N D filter. It's like I had no idea what this meant, but I was able to get an answer from a friend. It's like putting sunglasses on your phone's camera, so like the light would be less harsh. So if you're maybe taking a picture of something and the light is really bright, you could turn on this filter using this glass and it would like, I don't know, dim the light for you, right? So I think that this is a very interesting thing and I assume it's going to be in the next OnePlus phone that will come out this year which will also have a 120 Hz display. Phones are going to get crazy in 2020 guys. Like I am I am I am very much here for this. Like the the rumors of the S20 is madness. Like a 100 and something megapixel camera hmm. and like it's it looks it looks pretty bananas, but that's an, that's maybe something for another day. That's coming out in February or something. But that is my my whistle stop tour of things that interested me at CES. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about this week,
0: uh, head over to the website relay.fm/slash connected/slash two seventy seven. While you're there, you can send us an email with feedback or follow up, or you can do that on Twitter. You can find Mike there as I-M Y K-E. And Mike is the host of a bunch of shows here on Relay FM. So go check those out. His his British voice is just it's just all over the place. Mm. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vittici, Vitici V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor in chief of MacStories.net. He is also tweeting at annual chairman. You can uh, find my work at 512pixels.net and 512pixels over on YouTube. I'm on Twitter as ISMH and Keynote Chairman, at least for now. i like to thank our sponsors this week, Health IQ, Bombas, and Booz Allen. And until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.